Hello and welcome to episode 50. We're super excited to discuss post-pregnancy fitness with you today. We're going to talk about the things that motivate us to be fit after our pregnancy. We're going to talk about the exact specific methods that we use, and we're going to give some tips for when the going gets hard in this post-pregnancy fitness journey. And then at the very end, we're each going to be sharing a little bit of our own post-pregnancy fitness journey stories. Hello, and welcome to Outnumber the Podcast. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Audrey. And we're homeschooling moms to a combined total of 18 children. We know firsthand that motherhood is full of crazy chaos and overwhelming obligations, but it should also be full of love and laughter. Regardless of where you are on your journey, come join us as we work together to find joy in the chaos of motherhood. All right, today, before we dive into the topic, we're going to start with a little humor segment. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but one of my darling little boys told me he knew that I was going to have another baby. (laughs) And I said, oh, really? How do you know that? Like, you know, is this little child got some clairvoyant, um, you know, insight into the future or something? And he says, because your belly's so big, mommy, I can just tell. (laughs) Little jerk. (laughs) Oh, that's happened to me so many times. Probably at least once after every child. Your sweet and assuming toddler is like, oh, and there's another one in there. It's like, well, no, this is just what I look like. Get over it. (laughs) Yeah, so we want to share that just. Just as a just as a preface to this episode, that we all know what it's like to have body changes and crazy things happening during pregnancy and afterwards for so long. So we're all in this together. Let's let's get to it. Yeah, exactly. That is kind of a good segue into today's topic on post-pregnancy fitness. So this topic came about um, because Bonnie and I got asked, a reader sent in a question, how do Bonnie and I get our shape back after pregnancy and birth? And um, so, yeah, Bonnie and I were excited actually to be asked this because um, I I think we're both pretty passionate about this and have some strong thoughts and feelings and ideas, and we're excited to share those with you today. Yeah, totally. I will share here, maybe this happens to you too, Audrey, but I get told quite often, wow, you look really good for having nine kids. And I I kind of take it a little bit as a backhanded compliment because I'm like, I think in most people's minds, someone with nine kids would be like a 500 pound blob, (laughs) like, you know, (laughs) never having done her hair or looking like a bedraggled hot mess. And maybe we do like look like bedraggled hot messes sometimes. But, you know, I was like, well, maybe you could just say I look nice, period. (laughs) I didn't mean well, but I just thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get into that one a little bit deeper in uh, um, a little bit later in the episode because I did put that down in my notes because um, a lot of times that when people say that to me, it, make, it doesn't make me feel quite uncomfortable because it's when they're comparing me to someone else who has had, oh, she's only had, you know, four kids and you look awesome compared to her. Like I just, okay. So we're going to get into that a little bit later. Yes, totally. And another, um, just preface to this is that if you have extra weight or you've not been able to, um, get fit or you don't feel healthy after having kids, this is in no way trying to condemn anyone, condemn anyone or judge anyone. We're simply sharing, um, what has worked for us, what makes us feel healthy and strong and, and vibrant. Um, and we want to share any tips in hopes that it could help somebody 
else. Not saying we're perfect either. We've got all kinds of issues <laughs> with our health and exercise. We're just all doing the best we can, right? Right, right. I think that's why we were so glad when we were asked to uh, um, this question and to take up this topic, because it is a hot button topic in today's society. Um, the pendulum has swung away from fat shaming, and now we're all the way on the other side where we're, um, I have heard people being um, shamed or called that uh, accused of having thin privilege, which is the pendulum pendulum completely the other way. And so um, women's body image is a longstanding issue, um, no matter which side the pendulum, where the pendulum is in the swing. So I think the takeaway for me is that for me personally, my health is an intentional choice and it is hard work. And um, I don't want to shame anyone else for their, where they are on that journey. And I, I don't appreciate anyone else you know, casting, sh what's, what's the word my kids, my teenagers use? Oh, throwing shade, shade on me either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, throwing shade on me either for, you know, what I look like. Totally. And I also want to say that we're going to be talking about how to make healthy choices and do everything we can to um, get fit and, and be as strong and healthy as possible for our kids. But, but being healthy and being thin are two different things. And I think it's so important that people realize that, that there are many people who are just naturally thin and will probably always be that way. I'm sure many of us know thin people that eat garbage and never exercise. And conversely, I'm sure many of us know people with weight, extra weight on them that eat totally healthy and exercise all the time. So I just think that's an important differentiation to make because it's very easy to judge people when we don't know what's going on. You know, Audrey, you've probably gotten this. I mean, even if you didn't eat healthy, you'd probably, it'd probably be fairly easy for you to lose the weight because genetically you're just trim. Um, right. but maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. Right. I, I know that, um, genetics does play a big part of it for me. And I, you know, I feel blessed to have healthy genetics, but, um, not everybody who shares my genetics has my same body type or yeah, that's true. Fi mm -hmm. figure, you know, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is I feel like part of the reason that I'm in the condition I'm in is because I've made choices to be in this condition. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. So it's definitely a combination of both your choices and your genes. That's just a little, a little side note before you start getting angry <laughs> that you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing and you don't look the way you want to look, right? It's just, we, right. there's only so much we can control. Yes. Okay. So I will start off by saying that when people ask me this question, the number one thing I say is if you are out of shape before or during your pregnancy, you're going to be out of shape after. <laughs> Like, mm -hmm. I know we all think, well, as soon as I, I have this baby, I'm just going to, you know, lose all this weight really quickly. Well, we have to realize that our bodies are like machines, right? Yeah, they're, they're like machines. If we care for our machines, you know, like a car, and we change the oil regularly, and we put high quality gas in it, and we rotate the tires, then it's going to be in great condition, even if we need to go off-roading or, or do something a little more damaging to it, kind of like a pregnancy, right? Um, <laughs> but if we have never... Or, or rarely paid attention to what we've eaten or we did before pregnancy and then we just ate garbage for nine months and you know sat around watching Netflix, then chances are good it's going to be a lot more difficult to get back in shape afterwards. Now, I realize that this is like a little too little too late for those of us that find ourselves at the end of a pregnancy, um, you know, with extra weight gain or having not stayed in shape. But that's just something I want to put out there. If you have a pregnancy in your future, um, that that's the best gift you can give yourself and your unborn child is to do everything you can to continue exercising and eating healthy um, before and, and during pregnancy. 
Right. I think if um, people go back and listen to our two episodes about pregnancy, um, they will see that you and I are pretty intentional about exercise and keeping in good health and fitness during pregnancy too. Yeah, totally. Um, Okay. So I want to address the phrase getting your shape back after pregnancy. (laughs) Yeah. Or or bouncing Uh, back. Everybody's like, oh, I want to bounce back so quickly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, that's backward and you're never going to go back. Sorry. Your body's going to be different. Um, Even your brain is different after pregnancy. Bonnie and I found that out when we did our research for our mom brain episode. Even your brain is different after you have a baby. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So your body is not going to be the same. Please don't ever expect to go back to what your body was because like, I don't know, I think we've said this before. If I could choose having my body back or having my kid, duh, it's a no brainer, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think people should focus on embracing their new body, their new mom body. And that doesn't mean, you know, sit on the couch and eat potato chips because this is now my mom bod and I have to live (laughs) with it. (laughs) But there is a new body in town and that's the one we need to work with. Not expect that we're going to go back to what we used to be. Not happening. Totally. And I know that when I am in the best shape of my life and eating healthy and feel amazing, I still look way different now than I did before my first baby. I still looked way different after my first baby, even once I got in shape than I did before it, just because pregnancy changes so much. Your hips, your ribs, your breasts, your stretch marks, your skin, your everything changes. And and that's okay. And I personally want to try to embrace it as kind of a graduation from youth to womanhood, you know, from like young adult, even if you're an older adult that has your first kid, you know, into motherhood, into this blossoming, um, you're just a different person physically and, and emotionally and mentally, you know, let's face it. Um, but, but there's so many more positive ways we can look at it rather than, well, I got to get my body back. I look, I look horrible. Like why, why is that so important to us? You know, (laughs) that is a beautiful way to put it. Um, because just as I would never want to go back and relive high school, I don't want to go back and relive those days before my kids either. Like I love where I am now, my, my womanhood and my motherhood. And, um, yeah, I'm going to be embracing that. (laughs) So Bonnie and I have split this episode up into three parts, um, motivation for getting fit after pregnancy, our methods, our personal methods for getting fit, and then tips that we have to share. And then at the very end, we're going to share some personal experiences and trouble and um, obstacles that we um, struggle with in our own post-pregnancy fitness journey. All right. So my first motivation is that I feel a very strong responsibility to be healthy enough to care for and keep up with my kids. Um, I was 42 when I had my number nine, my ninth child. And by the time he's 20, I'm going to be 62, 63. And I want to I want to be as healthy and vibrant and fit um, to enjoy that time with him as I was when I had my 22-year-old and when she turned 20. <laughs> and so I've, I'm feeling a very strong responsibility at my advanced maternal age to Your be geriatric age. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I want to keep up with him. I want him to I- enjoy me and not um, not be an elderly grandma mother to him. <laughs> Uh, even though we can make and 
even though we can make healthy changes and decisions as adults, I think that a vast majority of what our habits are and what we do to take care of our bodies starts with what we learn as children, right? If we have unhealthy habits as kids, chances are really good that we're going to keep those up as adults. Yes, absolutely. So part of my motivation is (laughs) recalling how I feel at nine months pregnant. So if you've ever been nine months pregnant, you probably know what I'm talking about. You feel bloated, you feel heavy, you're cumbersome, you're, um, your body just feels awkward, you feel like it's, it's not yours, uh, you're um, kind of clumsy, all these things, it's hard to sleep. Um, oftentimes at those times, I think I'm just so glad that this is going to go away soon. Like it's so hard to live this way, right? <laughs> and sometimes that yes. is my motivation for not allowing excess weight gain. Okay. Um, anyway, I know that that might sound silly, but for me, that's kind of been my motivation for not allowing myself to um, gain excessive amounts of weight because I just don't want to feel that awkward and um, overwhelmed with my body, right? Feeling kind of out of place with my body. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, and that would be a huge motivator for me too. Like it's just so miserable when with that at that time. So yeah, I'm totally with you on that one. Um, So one of my motivators is that um, I have a desire to feel good about the way I look. I know that um, if I'm not feeling good about the way I look, that um, like I feel different about my clothes. Um, I feel different about, well, just so much. (laughs) I feel different about the food that I eat. Like, you know, I almost get in this negative cycle about, oh, I'm hungry and I want to eat this, but this is going to make me feel bad or look bad, you know, and just like, how can food be good for you or be healthy and make you feel better work for you if you're feeling that way about it. And uh, as part of this, I want to be attractive to my husband. I want him to be attracted to me and us to have a great relationship. Not that other people don't, but this is just, I'm saying for me personally, I want, I want my husband to be attracted to me. And if I feel attractive, then he's going to be attractive attracted to me. I have found that to be hundred percent true. If I feel attractive at nine months pregnant, then he's attracted to me. If I feel, (laughs) if I feel attractive and good about the way I look when I'm, you know, not pregnant, then he's attracted to that too. Okay. And then the third, yeah, go ahead. I just want to share a funny thing about that. (laughs) Oftentimes I'll try something on that. I'm either not sure how it fits or it's something new and I'm unsure what, or I'm feeling bad about myself and I just want to get his, you know, kind of validation. I'll try it on and I'll go, how does this look? (laughs) And I'll, without even realizing it, stand there like so unattractively, shoulders slumped, gut out, <laughs> frown on my face, like, well, how does this look? And he's like, terrible because of how you're standing. Like stand up, smile, you know, and just by changing my posture, he's like, looks amazing. You know, he's just trying to tell me yeah. that it, so much of it is in my head and it is easier for me to feel good about myself when I'm treating my body well. That's totally, I feel, totally feel the same. Yeah. Yeah. And then a part of it um, for me is that I so... Um, 95% of my clothes. And so I am very conscious of the effort that goes into my wardrobe. And and I sew 95% of my clothes for a, a bunch of different reasons. One of them being that I'm six feet tall and I just can't go to any store and buy something that fits. So I'm very aware and conscious of the effort that goes into my wardrobe. And, you know, a fluctuating, fluctuating size makes... um 
my wardrobe less accessible to me. And, and that's like, that's depressing to me. So that's a third part of feeling good about the way I look is what I wear clothes that I've made specifically for my body that makes me feel really good. And if I outgrow those or they don't fit somehow, um, yeah, that doesn't help me feel good. Yeah. What a waste of all those hours, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, Part of my own motivation, last one I have to say about motivation, is that I am so much more productive, happy, and just a fun person when I'm physically fit. So I noticed that, now this is just part of being pregnant too, but at the end of my pregnancy, I also get kind of cranky about everything. I'm overly tired. You know, going up the stairs with a basket of laundry, you're like, <gasps> breathing so hard. Um, yeah. I get depressed less often when I'm exercising and, and trying to eat healthy. I have fewer cravings for junk food. I sleep better and then I and then I'm able to get up earlier. So there's so much. In fact, it was it was only re- recently that I was like, why am I having a str- why am I struggling to do a handful of things that I've been wanting to do like cut back on sugar and you know, read more scriptures and all these other things. And I'm like, I haven't been exercising. I my baby kind of had a sleep regression thing and so I was sleeping in and not getting up and doing exercise and I'm thinking oh my gosh, look at all the things that it's affecting. Like just my general motivation and ability to like hop off the couch and do what my kids need me to do. I just feel sluggish. I feel tired. So, you know, if exercise has not been part of your, uh, you know, and eating healthy goes hand in hand, but if exercise has not been part of your life recently, I highly recommend just finding some way to sneak it back in because you will be shocked at how many things it positively affects. It just, it just does. Yeah. I couldn't agree with that more. I could not agree with that more. (laughs) All right. So let's move into our method section. So Bonnie and I, you know, we've got nine kids each and how on earth do we find time and space to make our, to make ourselves um, physically fit? I I want you guys to notice those of you who are listening that Bonnie and I are not using words like um, thin, <laughs> like that is not exactly what health and physical fitness means to us, but we're using, because, um, yeah, I, I just want you guys to notice that there is more to fitness than your shape or your size or your numbers or your measurement. And we're going to talk more about this at the end, but I just thought I wanted to flag your attention to that right now in the middle. Well, yes. And I will just say about that as well. Every single person can get healthy right? Not every single person can conform with society's ideals of thin or skinny because we're all built differently, right? right? We will, no matter how hard we try, we will not all look like a supermodel, but we can all be as healthy as our body will allow. So when we use thinness as an ideal, we could never get there and be frustrated forever. When we use feeling amazing and being healthy as our ideal, we can all get there. So. Yes. All right. So how do Bonnie and I do it? We've both got nine kids our hands full and no extra time, right? <laughs> well, for me, um, I make health my priority. And so I'm going to loop back to what we were talking about at the beginning, um, how oftentimes people will compare us to other moms who are maybe less physically fit and say, oh, you look so great compared to, and that 
question makes me really uncomfortable. And I often default to, um, well, it's just genetics. You know, I just happen to have good genetics or, well, I'm six feet tall. And so, you know, my weight has a lot of room to spread out. Those are like my two default answers. (laughs) But I feel like there's a little bit of dishonesty in that because I do make health my priority. And I want to start sharing that with people like it didn't just, you know, drop out of the sky and I was born like this. Sorry, you can't get that way because that's basically what I'm saying. If I say I'm six feet tall or, you know, I have good genes, I'm basically saying, well, you could never be like this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> so I want to share with people that um, I have made health my priority. And, you know, then I can go back and share with them my motivations. Why? Um, but it can be more of a conversation starter than when I say, oh, well, I'm six feet tall because that's sort of a conversation killer. And and I know what I'm what I'm doing when I when I say that is I'm attempting to end the comparison because that makes me very uncomfortable. And I and I don't think it's healthy a healthy thing. But anyway, that's my method number 1 is to make my health my priority. Totally. Yeah. And my my thing that I'll share about my method is very similar. Having a healthy diet and caring for your body must be your number one priority. I know that sounds a little drastic. People are like, no, I have to take care of my kids first or I have to, but think about it. If you don't eat, how long are you going to last? Maybe a half a day (laughs) before you get a splitting headache and you're miserable and cranky and starving, right? If you don't sleep, how long are you going to last? Not long. I mean, We can all survive on very little sleep for a long time, but you know, so think about for a second, (laughs) in order to run your household and care for your children, what's the first thing that has to happen? You have to be focused on your bare basic needs, which are feeding yourself, sleeping and, and caring for your body. Now people's, people might have different opinions about what that means. For me, that means some basic form of exercise and eating regular meals that are healthy. Um, and I, and I highly encourage other people to make that their number one priority as well, because when that doesn't happen, I am significantly less helpful to my family. Um, I think that before we take care of our kids, before we serve our community, before we serve our spouse, we have to take care of ourselves because you cannot, what do they say? You cannot fill from an empty bucket. And too many moms are out Mm. there pouring their buckets out everywhere around them and there's nothing left. And they're miserable and they're depressed and they're cranky and they're tired because they're not taking care of number one. And so many people think that that's selfish. It's not. It's selfish to not do it because eventually everyone suffers if you don't take care of yourself, right? Yeah, that is so good. That is such a good point. If mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. So um, my number two point on method is exercise. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about my struggle with exercise when we get down to sharing our personal experiences at the end. But um, I try to rotate between um, think about exercise and physical fitness from uh, like a three-legged stool. Um, There's strength and there's endurance and there's flexibility. So I try to rotate my exercise between the three. Like if I can... um, Oh, you know, lift a hundred pounds, but I can't, um, reach down and bend my, touch my toes. Then I'm really strong in strength and I have no flexibility. (laughs) Or if, you know, if I can, you know, do reach down and touch my toes, put my hands flat on the ground, but not run a mile, then I'm strong in flexibility, but I have no endurance. You, you guys get the idea. Um, it's kind of obvious, but I do try to strengthen myself and be at least, um, a little bit of competence 
I have a little bit of competency in each of those areas. So I do rotate between um, those three forms of exercise. Right. You know, along those lines, sometimes I think, okay, am I fit enough to do something, you know, to to care for a, a family member in an emergency situation. If there was a fire, could I grab a kid under each arm and book it out of my house, right? Could I jump out <laughs> the top window and not die? Could I Could I sprint down the road to save my child from, you know, of course, motherhood scenarios. What's going to happen? Somebody's going to endanger my child. <laughs> but there's so yeah. much about being physically fit that helps our families as well, right? Yeah. I part of my methods is that I've always tried to find something that I love. So I will not exercise for exercise sake. I just won't. If I hate it, I won't do it. I know that about <laughs> myself, you know. Um, and so some mm-hmm. things that I have done that I've loved that have made exercise into something fun that I've craved instead of a chore have been like hip hop dance or like Zumba, something fun like that. Swimming, I really enjoy walking with friends that I want to talk to. I love running, especially to popular music because it just kind of feels like a dance party. <laughs> um, and then it just it just never feels like a chore. It's always something exciting. Right, right. And I think if people are following us, our personal accounts on Instagram, they'll see that we're not just saying this, but like this summer um, in October, no, this fall in October, you had um, uh, something you were doing, you're trying to run 25 miles in October. And then um, my next method point is about diet. And I had this all summer, I was doing um, my summer salad campaign where I would uh, make a pretty salad and post a picture of it and eat it. Um, post post a picture to my stories and Instagram. I guess we can put our personal Instagram accounts, link those in the show notes if people do want to follow us. But like, we're not just telling you this, but this is like, we're sharing ways and things that we really, really do. (laughs) So for me, diet is super important um, to be physically fit. Um, I highly recommend the book, um, Eat Right for Your Blood Type, to know Um, which foods are highly beneficial for you. So just as a starting point um, to, to know what, what your body likes. And also that book does have um, exercise recommendations for each blood type, which is very interesting as well. Uh, But anyway, um, for me, diet, it's um, a whole bunch of nutrient dense food and colorful foods Uh, low or no sugar. And then um, if you're a nursing mother, you have to consume a high fat content to be able to um, keep, get the baby what they need and to be able to build, build and make milk yourself. Oftentimes when moms will ask me about, you know, they're struggling with breast milk supply, I'll be like, and how much fat is in your diet? Because you got to have it to make milk. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one thing that I always tell myself that I saw on a, I think it was like a World War II propaganda poster, but I just loved it so much, um, is the saying, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. So I think that has served me pretty well. You know, the first one being don't eat junk. Don't eat garbage that comes out of a processed plant or a fast food joint. Eat food, real food that you know where it comes from, right? So sometimes when I'm revamping my diet, I'll look at everything I'm eating and going, would a toddler know where this came from? You know, a chicken nugget? No. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> we have to know our source. Um, secondly, not too much, right? Uh, if I find myself struggling with my weight or just excess um, lethargy and, and sweet cravings, I'll just try to cut back on my portions. And sometimes it's because I'm eating the wrong stuff, but sometimes it's just because I'm eating too much. And so I need to, to cut back a little bit. And then the mostly plants thing, we could 
almost every one of us needs more vegetables in our diet. Let's just be honest, right? Um, and so making a concentrated effort to add more plants to my diet is always helpful. I personally also have realized that I am a foodie. I love variety and I love really great tasting food. So if I don't have those two things going for me, then I make bad decisions. I default to sugar and junk to make up for the bland, (laughs) boring food I'm eating. And some people are not like that. Some people like, uh, you know, the same consistent foods, but figure out what works for you and make sure that you're getting what you crave. Yeah, my husband and I definitely became foodies when we lived in Portland, Oregon, because there was so much good food there. Oh, yeah. And um, the supply, like in the Willamette, yeah, in the Willamette Valley there, there's like 180 different crops that are grown. And there's just you pick fields everywhere. And so we really, really got into food when we lived in Portland, Oregon. And so, yeah, we like to eat um, nutrient dense and colorful food, like I said. Um, But I one thing I do is like, Like if I'm hungry, I don't have a lot of time through the day to just sit around and eat, (laughs) but I don't have, like, I have to be conscientious about eating. And so I make sure that everything I put in my mouth is going to add nutrient value to me because I just don't have time to waste. Like if I've taken time to get something for myself to eat, it better be adding nutritious value to my life because I'm not going to have time to eat again for, you know, another however many hours or whatever. That's kind of sounds drastic, but sometimes my days are like that. True. And I also think that this is a big uh, stumbling block for busy moms is we're starving. We have no time. And so we grab a cookie and run. And it's like literally the worst thing because it's not going to last. It's going to, you know, give you a bunch of processed sugar and carbs in your body. And then you're just going to be starving and cranky and probably go back for another cookie later. Right. So in order to maximize, um, you know, every bite that we take, it has to be nutrient ditch dense and it has to be full of protein and fat. If we don't do that, we're going to keep coming back for the same processed junk and not realize that we're sabotaging ourselves because we're hungry and we need food, especially nursing or pregnant moms. So important. Okay. All right. And my last um, method to um, way I keep myself healthy, and I think this is super important for every um, pregnant and nursing mother, any mother, um, as we go through this process, this journey of motherhood, it does tax our thyroid. And thyroid function is super important um, because we're talking about fitness. Uh, If you're having a weight plateau, um, it is very possibly due to a thyroid misfunction, malfunction. (laughs) And um, other signs, just some other quick, you can Google it and get a big list of signs. But um, some other really good indicators are hair loss and um, like your eyes. If you look at yourself in the mirror and your eyes are kind of bulging, bulging out of your head a little bit. And then um, if you're struggling with infertility or miscarriage or all that, and then the weight plateau, those are like the combination of those are um, pretty significant, pretty good indicators of a thyroid malfunctioning. And and pregnancy and nursing is very taxing on our thyroid, but our thyroid is also what controls a lot of our health um, things, our hormones, and a lot of weight issues are controlled by our thyroid. So um, if you're a mom, um, either you know use whatever method is, is your method to get your thyroid um, checked and in functioning properly, whether that means you go to your healthcare provider or you, you know, do it natural. There's ways to look it up online and do it. Um, Take care of your thyroid and it will, (laughs) everything will be better for you. That's a great tip. 
Okay, so speaking of tips, we're going to move on to our actionable items for this episode. My first one is to write down everything you're eating. So I can't tell you how many times I've thought, I'm eating pretty healthy. Why is it hard for me to name it, have energy, curb sugar, lose weight, whatever. And it's usually because I'm sabotaging myself without even knowing it. So all it takes is a notepad by the fridge and a pen and write down everything that goes in your mouth. Everything from the first sip of water in the morning to you know your last bite of treat before bed, whatever it is, write it down. And after a couple of days, just kind of take a look and see what's happening. And usually it doesn't even take me a couple of days. It's like halfway through the first day, I'm like, oh, I realized that I don't quite make it to lunch because my breakfast wasn't hearty enough. You know, you start to be aware of what's happening instead of just reflexively putting food in your mouth because you're hungry. Um, I also like to write down the uh, extraneous movements I'm doing. So anything beyond basic motherhood. So like if I go for a walk or if I run after kids at the park, um, you know, a lot of people have uh, smart watches that do the same thing um, or track their food on my fitness pal or something like that. So many technical technological um, tools for this, but sometimes just a, a notepad works just as well, just so you're aware of what you're doing. Right. Right. That is awesome. I um, have one of my recommendations is my fitness pal app be, and we'll link to it in the show notes because that helped me um, see what I'm going to share in my personal struggle. Um, and it was simply by, you can put in your, your exercise and you can put in um, your calorie goals. And then it, it's a little bit, so when you use an app like MyFitnessPal, it's a little bit time intensive at first because you have to enter everything that you're eating. But after you do it the first time, then you can, it will remember and you can just pick something that you've already put in. And so that makes it a lot, a lot faster. You just go through and tap the things that you ate because you probably already ate them before. And um, the time speeds up a oh. A lot, and then you and then you can see where you are on your on your fitness goals. Whether it's um, to eat certain macros, like okay, I want you know fifty percent of my diet to be fat because I'm nursing a baby, or if it's I want to eat you know less than two thousand calories a day, or if I want to get thirty minutes of exercise, all that can be tracked with my fitness pal. So that one was really an eye opener for me, and I totally recommend that app. All right. My number one tip is to commit. Commit to caring for yourself. Don't give up on exercise or diet or a supplement or whatever you're doing, but give it time to work. Um, so put your shoes on and go exercise for five minutes before you decide you're not going to exercise that day. <laughs> like get into it, give it a chance. <laughs> and then try a diet for at least five days before quitting or when I say diet, I don't mean like the denying yourself food, the elimination of certain um, a number of calories. I just mean like, okay, I'm going to eat more nutrient dense foods. Well, try that for five days. Right. You, you mean the you mean the true meaning yeah. of diet, right? Yeah, <laughs> not diet as in depriving yourself of food. Right. Yeah. So try try any diet for five days before quitting. Give it a chance to work. Or if you're going to try a new supplement, maybe to help out your thyroid, um, my tip here is kelp, and I can link to kelp in the show notes. Kelp is really good to help get your th thyroid working correctly try it for one bottle before you decide it's not working. Like just commit, commit that you're going to do this for you, for all our motivation reasons that we talked about, make a commitment and stick to it. Yeah, totally. So my next tip is to really simplify your meal planning. So, so many of us, especially foodies like myself are like, what are we 
going to eat this week? And I like, you know, create all these, you know, come up with all these amazing recipes that are going to taste so good and buy the groceries for them. And then real life hits and we make like two of them you know, <laughs> because they're too complicated. And, and your kids don't eat them. Yeah. And nobody eats it. Yeah. Um, they're too complicated, take too much time, um, et cetera. So instead what has worked for us, um, in staying on a healthy diet is to create a list of about five meals, four to five meals for each meal of the day. Right. So four or five breakfasts, lunch is more like two or three. We do not vary in our lunches and then, you know, four or five (laughs) dinners, um, that are healthy, easy, and that you look forward to eating Buy all the ingredients for them. Like, basically every week. So make them not, not too different, you know, similar, and then just rotate them. So instead of going through all the hoopla of, well, I want to make this eggplant dish this week and I'm going to go buy eggplant and then it goes bad in the fridge because I didn't have the time or the energy or whatever. Just stick with things that you know and are familiar with and are easy and good. And then just rotate them, maybe change them up a little bit. So like an example is salads for lunch. When I'm eating healthy, a salad is almost always what I have for lunch. And it's very easy to take a basic, you know, bed of lettuce and mix it up. Like I'm going to try this cheese this week and sprinkle it on top. I'm going to try these veggies this week. Next week, I'm going to add some fruit to it, you know, whatever. And so just to have those basic standby meals always there. So you're not always trying to reinvent the wheel. It just gets too difficult. Yes, I totally agree. And salad for lunch, just keep on, keep on hand lettuce and uh, like good nutrient dense lettuce. Just get rid of the iceberg. Okay. (laughs) And do romaine and spinach and mixed greens and good nutrient dense lettuce. And then, um, vary your toppings. So it's not like, uh, another salad, but make your, (laughs) I have a highlight saved in my Instagram stories of all the different ways that I made salad this summer. So just start with lettuce and then mix it up. Yeah. Yeah. Just a couple of simple, easy ideas are for breakfast, a green smoothie and toast with avocado or nut butter. Super easy. Most children will eat it. And, um, you know, you can make it in less than 10 minutes for yourself if you're starving and you you know, have all these needs from children. Uh, salads for lunch, like I mentioned, dinners are uh, like grain bowls, burrito bowls, that sort of thing is super easy and really customizable. Um, I've found in the past that making different meals for myself is a nightmare. You know, like I've tried to eat something a lot healthier than I'm wanting feeding the kids. It doesn't work. So I have to just make something that's customizable. So if the kid really refuses to eat pecans, he's, he doesn't have to have the same pecans I'm having on my meal. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, be flexible realize what real life throws at you and don't try to, don't ask astronomical feats of cooking and, and, uh, culinary planning for, from yourself. Okay. Um, my next tip is to surround yourself with positive influences. Um, get yourself an accountability partner or get your whole family on board. Um, get, do healthy things with friends. So instead of going out for a coffee and a great big cinnamon roll, um, go for a walk with a friend, get healthy habit friends, Mm -hmm. (laughs) follow, follow people who, um, have motivational accounts on Instagram or on social media or Pinterest, um, like food, health, you know, healthy food accounts, healthy exercise accounts, um, just health in general accounts like misery loves company. And it's, very easy to surround ourselves with people who look like us and and eat like us. But if we want to break out of something, like find an example, find somebody to to influence you for for good. Yes, and I would also share here: um, try to find people who kind of have similar lifestyles as you do. It's it's kind of maddening for me to follow 
like fitness accounts that have like no children and their full-time job is fitness. I'm like, that's I'm not, okay, not me. You know, I need to find somebody who has kids and will tell you how to use your toddler as weight or whatever, or shows you how to make really healthy, quick breakfast that a kid will also eat, you know, or, um, you know, a fitness account where someone's kind of, their body is built like you. So you see that, okay, when I get in shape, I can maybe realistically expect to look like that rather than, you know, the supermodel. It's like, it doesn't matter how many pounds I lose. I'm never looking like that. <laughs> Just keep things, keep things realistic, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like me trying to living here in the flat Midwest and following a motivational exercise account where they went hiking every day up in the mountains. I'd be like, you know, setting myself up for failure. You're just (laughs) never going to hike those mountains. (laughs) (laughs) Never. Okay. So my next tip is to throw away the scale. You guys, I know so many people have um, mixed feelings about this, but there has almost never been a positive time in my life where I've been weighing myself regularly. Now, that being said, <laughs> I will say that the occasional stepping on to like um, make sure that you're staying within a healthy range can be good. So maybe your friend, your next door neighbor has a scale and you can go hop on every now and again. But when it's in the bathroom, I find that so many of us are just like obsessively checking and so much affects your weight. It's silly. It's so silly. Yeah. You know, it's like, five pounds before and after you go to the bathroom. Come on. <laughs> why are we why are we obsessing over these little numbers? It's, it's just silly. Oh, I have this little personal rule for myself. I can only weigh myself under these conditions. And I do not meet these conditions every day. So I only weigh myself, oh, because I have a scale, you know, in kids and I want to make sure they're gaining weight yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But um, I will only weigh, my, here's my little personal rule. I only weigh myself first thing in the morning if I have not eaten yet, and if I have gone to the bathroom for the day. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> because like, then I'm setting myself up like for, that would be like my lowest weight of the day. So like, why not weigh myself at a lowest weight <laughs> right, of the day right. if, if I'm, you know, looking, but the, you would not even believe how many days that I don't get a chance to weigh myself or even weeks on end because I haven't met those conditions. So it's just a little personal rule for myself. Yeah, that's smart. <laughs> and also I've, I like to tell myself if I am weighing myself regularly that I have to wait at least a week between. Because if I'm hoping for progress, there's yeah. not going to be any progress within a week. You know, it'll go up and down a couple of yeah. pounds and you're never going to notice. So you want a big picture type of, you know, mentality. Um, I personally, if I am trying to make progress um, in losing weight and getting in shape, I like to use a tape measure and I like pictures to track my progress. So I feel like they, those numbers move a, move a lot slower and pictures move a lot slower, but they're a lot more realistic right? So the scale can move for any number of reasons, but your picture is going to show you, oh, my clothes are fitting a little bit better or whatever. Um, Same with with measuring myself. Just again, it's something that can be done obsessively. And so just be kind to yourself, right? Give yourself time to make progress. And lastly, use how you feel as the biggest indicator of success. If you are losing weight and you feel like garbage, something is wrong, right? Losing weight is not the ultimate answer. Feeling amazing is the ultimate answer. And maybe that will accompany weight loss and maybe it won't. Um, But be be careful about that. And then finally, I I did want to throw this in to remember that any negative self-talk you do can be picked up by your children. So I think we mentioned this in another episode. None of us would ever consider, you know, telling our children that their body is not right. There's something wrong with it, right? Oh, you're too, you're overweight or you're this or you're that. We are very, very conscious, most of us, about being kind to our children. 
but we are not so kind to ourselves. Yeah. And they can pick that up just just as quickly. And then they and then they mimic it. So oh, that's a struggle. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. How do, again, going back to one of my motivations at the beginning, I want to model healthy behaviors to them, but also healthy, positive self-talk to, to my kids. Um, and since I'm a woman, to my daughters especially. Okay, my final tip is to don't compare yourself to others or even your former numbers, like we were talking about pre-pregnancy, your body's not going to be the same. Don't compare yourself to your former numbers, whatever they were, weight numbers or tape measure numbers or whatever. Just forget about it. How do you feel? And focus on what feels healthy and strong. And um, don't compare. Get out of the comparison trap. Totally. So to wrap up, we each just wanted to share our own um, personal, quick little personal experience of how pregnancy has affected our bodies. So I personally um, have gained a decent amount with every pregnancy, No, pretty much no matter how I, I treat my body. So I think that's just kind of my body's baseline. And then I usually lose a chunk of weight right after my baby, which is normal. Um, and then I hold on to things for a long, long time, usually until I have usually until I'm done nursing my baby and after I've weaned for maybe three months, that's when my body kind of starts to to regulate itself again and I lose the rest of the weight. Um, so I just share that because I think that so many people expect the weight to just fall off after having a baby and or, well, I'm nursing, so I'm not going to hold on to any weight. And that's just not true for everybody. So I just share that my own experience to be aware that, that that's very common. Right. And um, my I think a lot of women can relate to that. And um, I, I think that my position is also relatable. I struggle to um, maintain enough weight to be able to um, keep in a healthy condition um, as I'm nursing my child. Like um, I was telling Bonnie before we started recording that my eight month old baby is up to 25 pounds and he's a beast. And it takes a lot of effort for me to eat enough food in a day to be able to keep up with his needs. In fact, um, I did mention in our episode on breastfeeding that I like to exclusively breastfeed for a year. My second child, who, my son, who is 6'9", I was not able to breastfeed him exclusively. I introduced started introducing vegetables at seven months. And I've done the same um, with my eight-month-old 25-pound giant this time as well, my son, because I, um, I I feel like I'm right on the edge of health and sickness. Mm. Like any extra, um, it's even a, a struggle for me to exercise right now because any extra exertion will cause me to get sick or get a breast infection or, um, get lose some weight or like I'm just right on the cusp of not being very healthy and not being very fit um like on the bottom side of the scale um just because of that's the way my body is and so for me I was using my fitness pal to make sure I got enough calories in a day and I was actually putting in breastfeeding the baby as an exercise that required 800 extra calories yeah. a day just to see if I could eat that much extra in a day to keep up with him and be able to you know keep up with my other kids and and exercise and and it's a it's a balance it's a struggle for me to um to keep my weight up enough to be able to be in a condition that I consider physically fit. So yeah. maybe that is not as relatable, but it is another struggle with, uh, with fitness following 
pregnancy. Totally. And and I will share that when your calorie needs are high, it is extremely difficult to eat healthy um, because generally foods that are good for us tend to be lower in calories. They just do, you know, vegetables and yeah. Um, mm-hmm. the healthier fats are a little bit harder to come by, et cetera. So, um, I, I can definitely relate there. I remember being pregnant with twins and they gave me my diet and my, my calorie needs. And I just thought, are you kidding me? Like I'm going to have to sit at the dinner table <laughs> all day long. This is ridiculous. And I know people think, yeah, what a, what a struggle, but it's a, it's really hard and it's annoying and yeah. it's very easy to default to junk because it fills the calories, but, w- but they're empty calories, you know? Um, so that is right. definitely a, di- a different kind of struggle. Yeah, for sure. I was having some some um, things, foods that I couldn't eat um, to complicate matters. I was not be able to eat dairy because my baby was having colic at first with that. So that further complicated, what can I eat? You yeah. know, I'm just so hungry. I would just stuff anything in my face. Yeah. <laughs> just like straight hamburgers with avocado. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You don't have to put this no in. No cheese. Oh yeah. You don't have to put this in here, but I, I want to know how many calories you eat. What are you trying oh, to hit? I was right. I was trying to hit on my fitness pal. I was trying to hit 2,500 calories a day. Oh my gosh. That's hard. Yeah. When I was doing the, it is hard. You have to eat conscientiously yeah. all day long. Well, I remember reading hit. somewhere that, um, what's the swimmer? Michael Phelps was, oh, yeah. was eating like 5,000 calories a day. I was like, when does he swim? He has to eat all the time. You know, <laughs> holy cow. Yeah. I'll try to, I try to get 2,200, but when I'm, not when I'm like really paying attention and making sure it's all really good stuff, I'm eating nonstop. It's so yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I, if I don't hit, um, like I'm not tracking it on my fitness pal anymore because I did just get discouraged yeah. uh, because I couldn't get 2,500 calories, mm-hmm. but my, like I'm, I'm only exercising like twice a week. And, and like mm-hmm. you said, everything about exercise at the beginning, I know it's affecting me mentally because mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. just can't, I, I just don't have the reserves mm-hmm. and, and I would rather not be in this condition. I've had so many people say, oh, well, you know, I'd love to be you in your shoes, but no, you, no, you want reserves. You want yeah. to be able to keep up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And if you have one day where you're not paying attention or something, then you're miserable and you get sick. Yeah. 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 All right. So we have some recommendations for you. I talked about the Eat Right for Your Blood Type book and My Fitness Pal app. Those are really good and we'll link those and our personal Instagram accounts in the show notes. Yep. Um, I have shared clean, simple eats on my Instagram, personal Instagram account multiple times because I really, really love their recipes. They're delicious. Um, they're macro balanced. Um, they do have some processed foods, like they, they encourage the use of protein powders and things. So, you know, some people have mixed feelings about that, but generally the recipes are simple. They're clean and they're hungry and they're really delicious. So, um, I highly recommend (laughs) them. I love the simple green smoothies blog. I think we talked about them as well. And smoothies are a great way to add extra calories pretty quickly and easily. You can throw in an avocado, nut butters, all these different things. Also good for kids that have a hard time keeping their weight up or need more vegetables and refuse to eat them. Um, and then <laughs> one of my favorite, uh, uh, blogs of late and recipe books is the Cookie and Kate blog. So she's actually a vegetarian blogger, um, but I f- I find myself drawn to even though I do eat meat, I find myself drawn to vegetarian bloggers simply because they tend to have a lot healthier recipes because they're not relying on uh, meat to get nutrients. And so oftentimes I'll just make one of her awesome salads, and sometimes I will add meat or whatever. But I just love her recipes are always really really good. So a couple recommendations for me. Okay, all that talk about food, I'm hungry now. <laughs> I know, I'm eating lunch. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd be so grateful if you'd leave us a written review on iTunes. 
If you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can reach us at outnumberthepodcast at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at outnumberthepodcast. See you next week. <laughs> I, told, I told my um, eight-year-old and down that they're not allowed to pick up and carry the baby anymore because he's 25 oh, he's pounds. too big <gasps> holy cow oh my gosh 25 beast holy mackerel yeah seriously uh i had a sitter come over last night because we took the big kids somewhere and she's like oh your baby's so light i babysit so-and-so's baby this other lady that goes to church and he is a beast too she's like every time i pick him up I'm like oh my gosh engage core <laughs>